2: a good yes wednesday morning birds fans appreciate you streaming in with us here on birds 365 you got MacAMAC, Mac, johnny mcmullin and jordy McDonald day we for the next two hours of eagles conversation j Mac, we're 36 hours away from another eagle game it seems like they just wrapped it up against the yeah man uh,
3: <laughs> no time to uh worry about uh week one
2: You got to turn that page pretty damn quickly when you got Thursday night action. The first streaming action of the year, we did have a Thursday night game to start the season. Lions Chiefs, that seems like about a month ago. And that was only five days ago, but a lot has transpired, including an eagle win against the Patriots. And a win that we scrutinized the last two days here on Birds 365, probably overanalyzed. Now we have to take a look at some of the realities and the reality staring them in the face is, is not going to be the same team on the field on Thursday. That was their Sunday <clears throat> that equated to a 25 20 squeaker over the Patriots couple significant injuries. One we know has sidelined their uh, middle linebacker for four more weeks. In addition going forward and some other potential injuries, the estimations, Johnny Mack. As of right now, are a little bit scary.
3: Uh yeah, a little bit. But remember, it works both ways. You know, although I've argued Minnesota is not going to have their starting center, that might be a positive. To be honest, uh, the way he's played. So, uh, but Christian Dariusaw is limited, and uh, he's one of their better offensive linemen. If he can't play, they're in really bad shape. Marcus Davenport. They don't have much pass rush, and if they don't have him, they didn't have him week one, and he might not be there week two, um, they got some issues. So it works both ways. But, yeah, certainly uh, N'Kobe's obviously on injured reserve. And I just say, remember, that means he's going to miss four games minimum. He might miss more, um, but he's got to be out for four games. So, um, you know, that part of it. it, very unlikely James Bradbury, uh, passes the protocol in time to play, so you're going to probably have Josh Job, uh, Fletcher Cox uh, uh, is going to play, um, and the other two, Reed Blankenship and, and Kenny Gainwell, just got to wait and see. Obviously, Nick's going to give it up, um, but they've been listed as do not practice in the est- did not practice in the est- estimated injury report, so that's not good. But, you know, a lot of people want to get a look at DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny, so maybe there's a silver lining they can see what they have there. Um, but Reed, yeah, they're gonna have a difficult time uh replacing Reed Blankenship, which um, it's gonna be difficult, but they're just significantly better than Minnesota, they should win this game. You know, forget about the and it, I'm not even bringing up the home stuff on Thursday night, home opener. I mean, everything's in their favor. Yeah, you'd prefer to be healthier. But then you have the big mini-buy after this game, and you should have all those guys back, um, with the exception of N'Kobe, obviously, who's already on injured reserve. So I don't think it's too big of a worry. Well, they're a better team than
2: Minnesota. They've got a better mm-hmm. roster than Minnesota, and they are favored to win the game by uh, a touchdown, which is more than they were favored by on the road against New England last week. So, yeah, even knowing full well that N'Kobe Dean is going to be out for this game, um, they're still a, a touchdown favorite. So, yeah, they're supposed to win, but they I thought uh, last week should have won more handily than they did. So, so we don't know. We won't know until we get to – Thursday night with the Vikings coming to town, same exact week they came here last year. Week two was a Monday night game rather than a Thursday night game, but it was a primetime game and Kirk Cousins just isn't good at night. And it's a uh, stat that kind of belies explanation because he's an above 500 quarterback uh, when the games are played during the day, but he's a well below 500 quarterback when the games are played at night. I don't know if it's just a coincidence or if there is something significant. Read into it. It's not a small sample size. Uh, uh, they only play 17 games in the NFL. So I think he's eight and 10 in primetime games, which, and uh, a lot of those games, the Vikings were the better team on paper and the heavy favorite going into the game. And he's still below 500. So you make anything, you add anything into the, yeah, Kirk Cousins when the, the sun goes down, he's just not the same QB.
3: No, I think that's one of those um, things everybody latches on to. Um, you know, he's had a lot of good games and they've lost him. They've had a poor defense over the past couple of years. He's had some bad games uh, as well. Uh, the Eagles being one of them last year had a really poor game. And I kind of picked it up after that. Um, but, I, you know. He's two and two in 2019. I was put. I was because I have to look at this all the time because they're playing this week. He's one and one in 2020. Split four in 2021, and two games in 2022. So he's basically been a 500 quarterback in prime time over the last four years. A lot of times, prime time games, you're especially Minnesota because they're they've been a good team, but not that good, and they're usually playing a better team. And that usually sums it up. Example, Eagles last year. They were a good team. They're playing the Eagles. And they got waxed. Uh, and that kind of sums it up. And if you look at that game, Kirk did not play well, but his offensive line is just not helping him. Um, so, I, you know, I'm not a big fan of quarterback wins, losses to begin with, never end, because there's so many ways you can win a football game. And I always say, it doesn't matter your skill position, players. I say it all the time. If you can't block people, you can't win. And I, I, I can't blame the quarterback there. I can't. I can't. I know a lot of people want to. It, 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 it could be it, it could be Joe Burrow. If you can't block people, you can't win. It's, it could be Tom Brady all the way down. Any quarterback, Tom Brady in the Super Bowl against the Giants. How did the Giants win those Super Bowls? People like to talk about the helmet catch. No, it was the front four both times. Pressure right up the middle. And that's the greatest quarterback of all time. If you can't block people, you can't play. You can't win.
2: Right. But somehow with their uh, poor offensive line, they did find a way to win 13 games last year. Uh, They turned around and appled up in the playoff game against the Giants, but they did win 13 games. And blocked
3: Dexter Lawrence, by the way. And that's why they lost that game. Could not block Dexter Lawrence. And he had a great game against the Giants. He was phenomenal. He was the only reason they were in that game. But they could not block Dexter Lawrence. They've had issues on the interior of the offensive line for years They've tried to pick it with high-level picks. They've missed on the players. And it's just that constant, you know, that's a team that should go out and hire. Obviously, they can't hire Jeff Stoutland, but something, somebody. They, they got to do their homework. They got to get an offensive line coach. They got to be able to develop players. They have good tackles. They have really good tackles. Christian Darisaw, Brian O'Neill. But that interior, Jody, you'll see on Thursday night, it is abysmal pass blocking wise, abysmal.
2: So that are you explaining? That's how you explain it off, because I've I've checked the stats. I don't have access to the video. I watched uh, sparingly the Bucks and the Vikings week one. I think the Buck defense this year will be marginal. Middle of
3: the pack? Ooh, I disagree with that. You think the buck defense is going to be a top what defense? I think it's really good. I Really? Vita Um, again, they couldn't block them. Um, interior. Um, and that's why I'm so heavy on the Eagles in this game because of how good they are up front. Um, uh, Levante David still plays well. A lot of people, I'm not as big as a fan of Devin White as some people, but some people think he's really good. Antoine Winfield, phenomenal player. Shaq Shaq Barrett's back. Remember, they didn't have him last year. He was back. He was creating havoc. They got a lot of talent on defense, and they got a really good defensive coach. Now, offensively, yeah, they have some issues. And Minnesota has a bad defense. They only managed 20 points, but they didn't turn it over. That was the difference. Uh, Minnesota turned it over, I think, three times. Uh, So that was the difference in the game. They should have won the game. They should have. And that's where you blame the quarterback. You know, you don't have to turn it over. Um, And that's where I killed Josh Allen as well against the Jets. Mm -hmm. You got to take care of the football. I mean, I I don't care what circumstances. That's where I'll blame the quarterback because he fumbled twice and threw an interception in the end zone. So it was in the red zone. Uh, those are bad plays. Those have at it. Kill the guy. I'm with you 100%. But, I mean, what do people think? He's a vampire and it turns dark and he can't play? I mean, I, I th- th- that kind of thing is silly to me, That when people bring up stuff like that. I, I What do they think is going on? I mean, it, it's and, – and if you look at the individual games, he's had some good games, he's had some bad games. He's an above-average quarterback. He's not a star, but he's an above-average quarterback. And if you don't play well, you're going to have some issues because they have some playmakers. The Eagles know that, but I was talking to Milton Williams about this yesterday, and he mentioned it because I asked him flat out, are you guys chomping at the bit when you look at this interior offensive <laughs> line? And he gave me a smile, um, which was kind of a head nod of, yeah, we're, we we want to get at this team. But he said, these are, which I agree with him, these are NFL players. And if they have a good week and you have a bad week, um, this is not Alabama versus Furman. I think everybody looks at NFL games and say, like last week, the Eagles should beat New England. And New England's got a lot of good players, a lot of good players. They're an NFL team. And if they play well and you play poorly, anybody can beat anybody. So it's not like you can roll the helmets out there. But it's a big advantage for the Eagles this week. Their defensive front against the Minnesota interior offensive line. It's a big, big, big advantage.
2: Uh, you, you have a uh, well, I'd say more than slightly, significantly higher opinion of the the Bucks defense than I do. They they weren't in the top half of the NFL last year, and in um, yards per game, if that's the, the measuring stick that you want to use, they were in the bottom half. So they have to show me that uh, they're better than that. And they give up a lot of yards. Cousin threw for over three hundred. Jefferson had one hundred fifty, but they held them to seventeen points. Was that I'm more of the defense coming up big or the Vikings offense not being able to cash in on uh, good opportunities? Well, the
3: interception, I did see the interception. I didn't see the fumbles. So I can't tell you about the fumbles, whether they were forced or, um, you know, could have been Jalen Hurts in the Super Bowl. I mean, could have been unforced. So I didn't see, I saw the interception. That's a bad play by by Cousins. He was trying to force the ball. Um, and you, you know, even if you settle and and take the field goal, um, that's the, that's the way to go, um, and the fumbles again, but I I mean, you talk about last year, I'm not talking about last year, like right off the bat, their best player and and not their best player, their best player is probably Winfield, my estimation, but you know, Shaq Barrett may be their most important player, um. As part, you know, that is a really good pass rusher, really proven guy, maybe played six games and he was out for the year. Well, he's back. Mita Beah, uh is back and healthy. The linebackers, we know. Levante David's been tremendous for years. I, I mentioned Devin White, the Eagles fans wanted him top 10 pick when he plays great. He's great. You know, he's undisciplined and all that stuff, but he's, Very athletic, and if he plays well, he's an issue. Winfield's one of the best uh, safeties in football. Yeah, I mean, they weren't healthy last year. Now they're healthy. I don't know if they'll stay healthy, but if they do, they got a lot of good players. Okay,
2: yeah. Um, I'll judge by what they did more last season than one game this season. If I I put all the stock in one game this season, I'd go, "Uh uh-oh, the Eagles' offense is an issue. Cause they didn't do much offensively game one against new England for me, but I'm going to look at what they did last year, knowing they didn't make that many changes. And I think their offense will be fine. I think the uh, last, well, week- well,
3: well I, uh, I, I only break in to say, well, and by the way, I just looked it up. I didn't realize this. It was one Shaq Barrett got hurt in the first game. He was out for the year. Uh, that, I mean, that's a difference that, that, you know that's like the eagles losing Hassan Reddick that's their Hassan Reddick now Reddick's a little bit better uh but he's there he's a great pass rusher a dominant pass rusher and they lost him in the first game i mean that makes a big difference in your season uh so he's back i don't know if he's going to stay healthy but i mean that's a big difference jody Right off the bat, I'm not even bringing up the other injuries. So you think the Eagles are
2: going to have a problem next week when they play Tampa? I think they're going to have a problem
3: defensively, uh, uh, offensively. I think they're going to have a problem with that defense, yes. I I don't think they're going to have a problem with their offense. Their offense is not good. Um, And they weren't good in Minnesota. They only had 200 – 50 I forget 260 yards they didn't they didn't move the ball a lot they they made big spots and Minnesota has a bad defense so that's not an impressive performance I don't think they're good at all offensively uh but defensively yeah I I think I think they're a good team and that's yeah. what I've been saying I said that in the preseason yeah I think they're a middle of the road
2: team uh, if, if Shaq Barrett makes that big a difference and he can move them from the 20th ranked defense to uh, what's a well, good Well, he wasn't defense?
3: the only one. Okay. Winfield missed a bunch of games and he's their best player. um B, uh, Bita wasn't healthy the whole time. These are good players. And I don't know if they're going to be healthy, but I, I guarantee you, you know, if Bita Bay makes it through this week, watch him against the Eagles, you're going to be watching that game because you can't move that guy, period. End of sentence. I mean, he is a dominant, dominant player.
2: I, I need to see it. And the, you, you, you want to turn back the clock to the year before? Right. You, you have to try and see what type of player they were having missed all those games last year. We'll see if they come back at the same level that they were three years ago now when they won the Super Bowl. I'm going to have to see more than just uh, keeping Kirk Cousins out of the end zone a couple times in week number one. But we'll put the Bucks aside, but they're right around the corner because that's who the Eagles play next. Got to get through the Vikings first. Uh, you and I last year talked so much about the Vikings. How do they keep winning? How do they keep winning? How do they keep winning? We couldn't understand it. We thought that they – had the uh, rabbit's foot in their back pocket because they kept finding ways to win games, but they didn't look like one of the better teams, even though they had one of the better records in the national football league has the tide completely turned and now gone in the opposite direction. Cause they got beaten a game that most people, you're know, truly very much included. Didn't think that we going to get beaten in, in game one against Tampa. Now they come here to Philadelphia. What does the matchup look like? We're going to get two guests up here to give us their insights from an ego perspective, a little later in the show, Jeff Mosher from InsideTheBirds.com, the Inside the Birds podcast, is going to hop in with us. And coming up next, what T-shirt will Mike Gill be wearing? The question above and beyond, including where the hell was Eagle offense week number one. More importantly, what T-shirt will Mike Gill be wearing when he joins us next here on Birds 365?
1: E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles.
2: McMullen and McDonald here with you on Birds 365. We are waiting for Mike Gill. Mike Gill is joining us this morning. He is
3: on his way, I'm assured. Um, So we'll see how quickly it takes him.
2: We'll see if he's uh, ready to hop in here in just a couple of minutes. Uh, Our usual Wednesday early guy uh, hopping aboard with us. I made official yesterday something we knew. Well, we didn't know, but we were uh, speculating and turned out to be true. The Dean IR four weeks made sense. If the early diagnosis were right, uh, multiple weeks. And Eagles have some roster issues. Just the fact that... uh, uh they don't have much linebacker depth on the team so they needed to bring someone in they got Rashawn Evans that was made official by the way right John because when yes. you were here with us yesterday he yes. said not official yet it's gonna happen but it's not official they need to figure out how to add him to the team well the way they did it was by putting um Nicoby Dean on the uh, injured list and elevating Nicholas Morrow shoot it was only like 20 minutes ago, Nicholas Morrow wasn't even an eagle. They had released him. He hadn't come back with the first wave of practice squad players. I think he rightfully assumed he was out shopping and trying to get himself a gig with another team on the roster rather than having to go through the practice squad while well, he was on the practice squad for all of one week. And he gets elevated to the regular roster to replace N'Kobe Dean. How big a factor do you think he is in playing this week? And we know he's here all summer long but he did have a little downtime in between there. Do you think he's going to get some significant run here this week?
3: Um, I I think the hope is no, but, I mean, Christian Ellis is going to start um, probably wear the green dot as well, even though for some reason Sean didn't want to confirm that, Sean Desai. Um, but he didn't play well, certainly in the passing game, when he was forced in for N'Kobe Dean. Um, so, you know they they have a very, they have a better tight end this week they got to deal with than last week and they had a very good one with Hunter Henry but T.J. Hawkinson's even better than that. Um, so if they start having some of those similar problems, you know maybe they're more open to say let's take a look at Nick Morrow. He'll he'll certainly be up. He'll be dressed and playing on special teams. But you know the hope is that. Zach Cunningham and Christian Ellis play well, and you don't have to play that card, so to speak. Uh, but, you, you know, there's no there's no deference to any of those players, Jody. I mean, if they're not playing well, I think you can hook them with no worries. And I think
2: that kind of tells you about the status of the Yields linebackers going into the game. Who's a deference player? Who's a guy who you know is going to be out there? No one? No one who's going to be out there. I guess Zach is.
3: You know, Zach's going to be out there, Um, Zach Cunningham. But, um, you know, know, it's not good. I mean, you know, it's funny. I I brought up running back yesterday. I got a a lot of pushback. uh, And Mike is in the green room. We can bring Mike up whenever, get him in the conversation as well. Um, I brought up with running back. To me, it's no surprise. I mean, they don't spend money at running back and they don't spend money at linebacker and they're not good at running back and they're not good at linebacker. I, I, I think it's pretty simple. It's as simple as that. I, I, I'm a little surprised. I think people have kind of figured it out at linebacker. Um, I, there's still great hope that Nikobe Dean is going to be a impact player, but other than him, but running back is a little bit different, Mike. And, you know, a lot of people think they have a bunch of good running backs. I, I don't see it. I, I, I don't see it. Yeah. You said that
7: yesterday on, on our show, and I thought that was interesting. I feel like the, for me, I've said this many times. Swift to me, the Lions, they don't look like a different team without him. They didn't use him at all last year. He had, Except I feel like the Eagles. fans <laughs> saw what he did against them. Yeah. He had 144 yards rushing. And I don't know that he had 144 yards combined the rest of the season. I mean, yeah, he had a couple games where he had like 50. I think he had 78 yeah, yards. He was
3: 100, next, 100, but, I
7: yeah. think 78 yards was his next highest rushing total. And that wasn't until December. He was essentially – now, he got hurt last year. But he had a big – game. this is a classic case of Guy had a big game against us. Therefore, he must be good. Why aren't we playing him? And I think that's what you have here. I think the Lions looked at a guy and said, don't need him. (laughs) Not a guy we have to have on this team. And their offense looked fine without him the other night. Um, I I, I seem to agree with what you said on my show. I think just hearing it kind of was like, huh, that's an interesting, because no one's really said it in that way. Is They're just not that talented at running back. I think Gainwell's a guy that I – you know, when he came into the league, he was kind of – he played receiver almost a lot at Memphis, and he doesn't catch the ball here at all, really. They don't throw him the ball. So the role that he had at Memphis, he doesn't really play here. And he's, for a smaller guy, he's not an explosive guy. It's not like he's this quick, fast guy that just blasts through the hole. When Miles got going, he had some second-range speed that that was tough. I don't look at Gainwell and say, man, this guy's just got game-breaking speed. And then, of course, Penny, who we haven't really seen, I think when he plays, if he got an opportunity, he might be the guy that opens your eyes. But they didn't even dress him. So I do think the running back conversation is valid. Here's where
2: I'm kind of with John and against John. I'm with him in that do they have a star running back on this roster? The answer to me is no. I don't think any of the players that they have in the running back room are stars. Every once in a while in his career, Penny has thrown up a star-like game. There are too few and far between for me to call him a star. If you don't have a star and you've got comparable backs, that they're, they're all kind of similar, why would you feel the need to just pick one out and make him the heavy go-to guy in in game one for the season that I do believe is a legit question. Yeah. I, I think that any Eagle fans that says, wait a minute, why is Kenny Gainwell getting that higher percentage of the touches in week number one. I think that's legit. It doesn't have to be because you need to give it to Swift because you need to give it a penny. No, I'm looking at it as we've got four guys and yeah, they decided they were only going to dress three, but they're all have similar levels of competency to me. Why wouldn't you use them all rather than just feel the need to have to pick out one when you think that the answer is one isn't going to be quite good enough.
7: Yeah, that's well put. Jody is, I don't know that now, John, you, you said a couple weeks ago that Gainwell was the guy and it was probably not close. So is that because he outperformed everybody or is it more the, the, the coaches trust him more. He's executed the offense better. And that that's why we, you know, now Sirianni did say after the game, hey, we have DeAndre Swift. He can't get two touches. That just can't happen. I don't even know. Did he get two? He had two targets. Yeah, I don't two, know.
3: Two it... yeah, two touches, I think.
7: Right. So this could be the classic, you know, last year, I think after week one. Well, how come Devonta didn't get any passes thrown yeah. to him?
3: They gotta worry about Dallas more than the running backs, but uh because but I do Devontae, yeah.
7: I, I, you do, and I think I asked you this yesterday, John, it, which is you know Sanders had twelve hundred ninety six yards rushing last year. Do you not have that guy? And if you don't have that guy, what does this offense look like?
3: Well, they definitely don't have that guy. To go back, yeah, from the coaching perspective, and why I said so early uh, it was going to be game well, it's because. He, he was in every situation, uh, high leverage situation, as they call them. They didn't even give the other guys a chance. So maybe that's closed mindedness uh, uh, on the coaching staff, but they certainly believe uh, that the coaching staff that Kenny's their best running back. Now, if he can't play on, on Thursday against a bad defense, you know, maybe Swift has a good game, maybe Penny has a good game and maybe their opens opens their eyes up a little bit and they get the other guys more involved. I could see that happening, but then I would say buyer beware because again, new England good on defense, Minnesota bad on defense. So, you know, maybe if Kenny was healthy, he'd be looking better as well. So it's difficult, but the coaching staff definitely trusts Kenny more than the other two. Um, but they talked about a committee and getting other people involved and we'll see if they can do it if there's any week they can do it this should be the start because this is a bottom probably five defense in the NFL from a talent perspective so you got to get some things done offensively after a bad start in week 1 now they
7: did throw the ball to the backs more this week right i mean even even swift who wasn't even on the field had two targets Scott actually caught a pass. It was insignificant, but uh, uh, they did throw the ball to the running backs out of the backfield a little bit more, I guess, than than they did all of last year. You
2: Let know. me echo something that John just said, uh, Mike. Uh, you got to believe this is going to be the case. Dallas Goddard, no targets through three and a half. When did they? When did the pass come that they threw the guy? The bad?
7: I didn't see it because I bet 54-and-a-half on the over on the yardage there, yeah. and I didn't see him get it was one
3: was it. It was a it was big over. I think it was the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, so yeah. I was – They boys.
0: did
7: point it out on the, on the game, Romo, who was terrible in the game, by the way, Um, <laughs> he did actually – the producers must have shown him, hey, Goddard's open and they're missing him. And there was multiple times where they showed – and Romo did say – you know, hey, this might have been where he predetermined where he was gonna. Th- he threw that ball into the end zone yeah. uh, to, to Smith and Goddard. Just uh, who was the guy hit the home run last night? Was just flapping his wings in the middle of the field. throwing me the ball yeah. here, yeah. and they couldn't get it. And so I mean, he's been, he was open,
3: and you know, yeah, well, we haven't it. talked. To, we uh, let me throw this at you, both of you guys. We, we you know, Jody, we haven't talked about Jalen Hurts at all this offseason yeah. because. You know, he's been and and rightfully so coming off the season he had, coming off the Super Bowl he had. Um, and we all know the good of Jalen Hurts as a football player, but he wasn't good in week one, let's be no. honest. And a lot of it is, I think I was talking about it with Kirk Cousins with Jody in the nighttime and the prime time. When quarterbacks are hurried, or even if they feel hurried, sometimes it's seen ghost as coaches call it, they don't you know, progress naturally. Um, and I didn't see that progression that Jalen Hurts was so good at last season. I do think he was more of a one-read quarterback going back to his early days. Now, is that because just a good defensive effort against a good defensive coach? was something to keep an eye on this week because um, he wasn't good in that aspect that, that wasn't knot. what
2: happened on sunday uh i haven't gotten back and charted every play but how many times did i think oh, jalen had to get the ball out because a guy was milliseconds from hitting him not yeah. too many he had clean throws he had clean bad throws or clean trying to force it into a covered guy throws but they weren't hurried throws that you all might well he just had to get rid of it because otherwise he's going down that's not the way I saw the game on Sunday. But
3: but that's what I mean, and that's why I brought up the yeah. scene ghost aspect. It's not even necessarily there, but if you feel it's coming because it's Matt Judon or Ushay uh, or uh, earlier in the game and you're hurried and you feel hurried, even if it's not there, you're not going through your progressions like you typically do, that turns into a bad football Which
2: game. Which I will, uh, and, and Mike will like you jump in here in a second. Kudos to Nick Sirianni for saying maybe I need to rethink my preseason stuff because I think that's part of it. No one rushed Jalen this year. It, joint practices. Guess what? They call out sack. They don't actually hit the quarterback. You just call out sack. So the last time someone was coming at uh Jalen Hurts with evil intentions was the Super Bowl. He hadn't faced a true rush in nine months and. Yeah, maybe he was a little jittery. Maybe he was looking to get the ball out. When you haven't done something in a while, your natural reactions might slow a little bit. Well, it should be better for it this week because the Patriots did at least get I, their hands I, on a little
7: bit. I, I, uh, I hated that Sirianni said that about the preseason. It's like... Hated you, it? Why? You don't need to pander to the questions every time. You played nobody in the preseason a year ago. Your answer should have been, we went to the Super Bowl. The Rams played nobody in the in the preseason and won the Super Bowl. No, I don't think it, that's my answer. If I'm him, guys, I don't think we need to play guys that we now. Listen, you could say it would be helpful, but also say he didn't play the game that the expectations have gotten to. He's now got the game speed, and we got out of there with a victory.
3: Yeah, I think the, well.
7: The yeah. the risk of putting him out there is just not worth it. I mean, if he gets hurt in that preseason game, then we're all going to say, why was he out there? Over – because I think he played a series in the preseason last year, one series in August, a yeah. month
3: it was sitting. a good series, too. They scored. Eight they scored. To, I think eight players. A month basketball.
7: sitting was – and one series, that was enough. To get him prepared for the speed of the game. That's preposterous. Yeah. I mean, come on, if Sirianni. Like, he, he has the to, to he, say, Yes, I man. wish we can rethink this. I'm going to put that in my notes. Come on, man. What's a, What are these Ray Dininger notes? Rip the page off and just don't say that anymore. They don't need to be out there in the preseason because they're not getting anything out of it playing one series in all. Now, if you're going to tell me he's going to play a half, the week before the season starts, that's a different story. I don't think that's happening.
3: Yeah, well, he is the pander in chief, Mike, so he's gotta play up to his brand. Uh but yeah, I I, I yeah. like
7: Sirianni. I'm just saying, it. by the way, I thought he that the, the the to not punt that ball
3: was eh. Oh, that was bad. That was terrible and his dad yelled at him i'm sure i mean that he he gave new england an opportunity to win the game i did not think even though it was a close game i i never got the feeling hey the the pats might win this game i never got that feeling right up until he went for that fourth down and turned it over i think it was at the 44 44 yard line yeah
7: 157 left in the game
3: and he's lucky that was a rookie receiver who couldn't drag his foot because yeah. then it's first and goal at the eight or whatever it was. And you're in deep, you know what, at that point, because all somebody's got to make a play and it might be uh, Henry and uh, it, it might be born at that point is crap shoot. I, I thought it was a really bad decision because of the way the game had unfolded. The offense had not played well. Typically he mentioned the word conviction, he has conviction in his offense. Typically, yeah, I'm with you. Not after watching that game. for But they didn't have it. You've got to have a feel. That's where you have to have a feel and say, I know we're usually really good at this, but we're not playing well today offensively. Let's get that's out of here. A, that's
2: well. exactly where I was going, John. He reverted to the 2022 Philadelphia Eagles, making that decision on Well, they've now played almost an entire game. You've played 55 minutes of a 60-minute game. And you were, well, Jalen will make a play. Guess what? Jalen didn't make a play. Jalen forced the ball in. It really had no chance to be completed, the play that he decided to go to. Yeah, every once in a while, you got to coach in the moment. And every once in a while, you got to give a response in the moment like, yeah, maybe we need to rethink our preseason activities so we can be better week one. And I can just go, I'll go for it on fourth down because i got faith Jalen's going to get it done, and then he gets it done. Uh, I had no problems with Sirianni's uh, response to that question. You and I are complete disagreement on that one, Michael.
7: Well, I, I, if he look, if he's if he's, um, Play if him
3: he's into the third quarter,
7: maybe if, if he's genuine. Okay, if ne- next year in August, if I'm still invited back and he plays Jalen Hurts in a third preseason game in August, in into in the third quarter, okay, then he took notes and said, "I need to get Jalen more playing time." Before the season starts, therefore, don't ask me, why did I play my starters for three quarters in a preseason game? After you ask me, do I need to play my starters in a preseason game, maybe because they didn't look. No, no. The answer will be no. I think you go into an extreme. Give me any one
2: team that played their starters into the third quarter in the NFL this preseason. The answer is none. No one did. So why do you go to the third, got kind of Gotta play into the third? Sure, shirt? somebody. A half. I have. First Some, players I'm in sure. the preseason. No one in the NFL does. So why would you ask Sirianni do something? Fine, like? I, No I one have. else in the NFL does.
7: Fine, a half.
2: What team played a half? What team had a guy who's their starting quarterback, their starting offensive line, and their starting receiver? I'm sure somebody
3: did. I think I, I don't well, know. So. Please, don't pay, please don't inform pay me if
2: either one of you guys know. Well, I'll look it look up. up. I, okay. I don't pay, pay any, any. To don't pay any attention
3: to preseason football.
7: <laughs> either, either maybe a half or Andy strong, plays a some lot. players played much. in all three games, maybe.
2: That was that was Andy Reid. Patrick yeah. Mahomes started all three games. Correct.
7: So if he yeah. does that next year, where Hurts plays a series in the first game, two in the second game, and a half in the third game, okay, then he Nobody took notes game and game. learned from it and said, "I feel like Hurts needs more time to get ready because these yeah. joint." And practices- they're not going.
3: And by the way, they're not going. to... At that point, we had this discussion yesterday. We probably talked about this too much, but at that point, if he really has that thought how he will shut him down and say you know what we're not going to do that <laughs> just stop it yeah uh, i mean not, that's what my point is
7: as much as like it makes sense yeah he should be, everybody should play more to but get here's ready
3: With penn state played west virginia last week so we had you on the show we're giving you the business style points there are no style points in the nfl it doesn't matter they got out of the game with a victory they're 1 and 0 I I, Jody can attest to this. I said, I think these two first two games are a great test for this reason. The Eagles are going to get a lot of curveballs from defensive coordinators um, because of how well they played offensively last year. A lot of different looks, a lot of different things. And the first two are probably the best two, maybe the first three because I'll add Todd Bowles to that mix. Maybe the best three they see all year. All year. Mm-hmm. Uh, with uh, Belichick. Play. They uh, are gonna Flores. play that San
2: Francisco team in the middle of the year.
3: I, 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 but I, I'm just talking about coordinators and scheming. Now they don't have talent. Yeah, San Francisco I'm, more, I'm talent. more
2: scared about talented
3: players. Well, I teams. so am I. San Francisco. But scheming what, what what I'm saying is what they're gonna what throw I at said you. before, it helps you because they have less talent than San Francisco. But you see the great scheming, and it's almost like a glorified practice where you get to see all these wacky looks, and you're more prepared for it. That's my theory there, when you get to see the three great defensive minds early and with a burying level. New England, I think, has a pretty good defense. Minnesota does, and Tampa Bay does. Bearing levels. Uh, but, yeah, I'm with you. It's always personnel first. Uh, and the teams with the best players win, offensively yeah. and defensively. But by I way, think that it helps says, when you when you see unique schemes and good
7: coaching. Dan Quinn, by the way, that defense is pretty good. Dan's good, good too, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That said, Jody, I do agree with what you were saying about Hurts. In the past game, I thought he threw the ball fine. I mean, did he miss guys? Sure, he always missed guys. I mean, in terms of not seeing that they were open. I just felt he was uneven all day. Decisions, he felt like. Like, at no point during this offseason did I say, this guy just got paid and his game is going to look different because of it. And then on Sunday, I was like, this guy doesn't look the same. There's a third down where in the past, he would just barrel through a guy and he went right down like a ton of bricks. And I said, he just seems tentative to finish runs. He just feels like his decisions on the when he had him. Now, he was getting pressured, and I think he did the old Tom Brady. He just said, I'm not taking this hit. I'm just dropping. You got me. I'm sacked. Um, There were just times in the game where he just felt, and I, at no point did I think I was going to think, man, this guy got paid a lot of money and doesn't want to take a hit but hopefully it's only for one week and maybe it has to do with the now, speed.
3: No, I I don't think it's that. He got paid a lot of money that do doesn't want to take a hit. But
0: did you not think he
3: looked tentative running the ball at times? Oh yeah, he definitely did. Okay. But here's how I took it and I you know, want to get both your thoughts on this. I t- you know, that's seeping in. Everybody saw, "Oh, Jalen's got to scale down on the running. Jalen's got to do this." It's 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 bombarded at him constantly. And he's a guy that uh, ignores most of the outside noise. I don't think from inside the building, but outside the building constantly. He's got to protect himself better. He's been hurt both years. He has got hurt in the pocket. He got hurt outside the pocket. You can't play like this. That stuff's got to seep in at some point. Is he listening to that too much?
2: No. Yeah. He, uh, I'll use the overused phrase, the uh, rat poison. He doesn't get rat poison. Rat poison doesn't affect him. He understands he knows rat poison. He avoids rat poison. Uh, so Well, he, uh, he,
3: he didn't look like himself running the football and he's certainly not hurt. Um, and as Mike pointed out, he certainly seemed more cautious, um, I'm, I'm open for reasons. Mike gave uh, his. I, I, What's I, gave, I gave you mine. I'm with Coach Sirianni.
7: Lack of work in the preseason. Oh. Plain and simple. Well, didn't he, did he not have, I don't remember him having a performance like that the entire year last year. Not one. In fact, opening week, he came out with a bang. They scored 38 points yeah, in the game, yeah. all off of his August 8th series against the Jets. That's 20. why he, the <laughs> August 8th series
2: he had against the Jets. Well, I think if it's more that, Detroit, that
3: Detroit was like 32nd in the NFL in defense. I think that helped. Yeah. Um, and they faced a good defense um, against New England. So, yeah, context matters in that, you know, the players were better in New England, um, defensively at least. Um, Obviously, Detroit would have the better offense, and they were able to come back. Uh, and nearly won that game. But, i think yeah, so it's easier clear, to play it, against this, bad defenses.
7: I think this is something to last year. They beat the Lions, and it was like, ugh, you beat the Lions. Well, I remember saying, look, 10 weeks from now, we might say that win is a lot more impressive than it felt like in week one. That turns out to be the case. I think this is a similar situation. The Bills, Jets, and Dolphins were getting all of the conversation in the AFC East. New England was getting none. Nobody is picking the Patriots to do anything. But I think 10 weeks from now, we might look back and say, you know what? To get a win in Foxborough against that team defensively, that was a pretty good win. And it's just our expectations are they're the Patriots. No one's talking about them. You've got to blow them away. Well, that team might be better than the pundits are giving them credit for. And what we'll find out
2: about New England over time, I think, is the key to that game. The reason it was close was the Eagles couldn't finish drives. They, they were relying on their field goal kicker to come out and put up three spots. And thank God they had him because otherwise the game could have been lost and we'd be having a bigger, expanded what the hell is wrong? How can you expect the Eagles to play special teams with the guys or the lack thereof they have on special? Jake Elliott kind of makes it all a little bit easier to swallow because he just boots field goals every time he goes out there. That, to me, was an issue. You got That's why that team was in the Super Bowl last year is they converted drives into seven, not three, and they didn't do it week one. Is it because of New England's defense or because of the Eagle offense is still coming together under a new coordinator did I still have no answers for you? Either one of you guys take anything out of what uh, the offensive coordinator had to say yesterday as to why they had a less than stellar Week One offensive. I like this
3: accountability. He said we were sloppy, as opposed to just giving me platitudes. Um, he admitted uh, they were sloppy and, and and essentially didn't play well. I like that. Um, but as far as play calling and things like that, you know me, I mean, I don't know what they're trying to accomplish. So do I hate the bubble screen? Yes. I hated it when Shane was here. I hate it more now because I've seen it more. Uh, I wish they would put that. The one area of this offense I, I, I don't think that was good last season was hot reads when you get pressure. They didn't use it. That Their hot read was the bubble screen. Oh, we're going to get pressure. Let's throw it out. Um, they have great receivers who can beat people at the line of scrimmage and a great tight end hot reads get to them where are they when are they coming mike gill
7: good question um and then you when you're there you weren't at the game right
3: no okay i i,
7: was, I wasn't acting in, in, in a joking manner. i was just double checking no. um my you can got canceled. You can see from you know uh, uh the, the press box a lot better the routes that are being run yeah. and whether these hot red reads are are is somebody's running that route. You know, early in the game it was funny, it was gainwell, 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 and then the first pass was to Quez Watkins, and you're thinking the hell's going on here man I got Devonta Smith I got AJ Brown I got Dallas Goddard, and I'm getting a steady diet of Gainwell and Watkins to start this game off here so yeah I mean I thought that you know you asked last week Jody who are we going to learn more about Johnson or or Desai and I said Brian Johnson would be the guy um I don't know what how you phrased the question but and I said because he's going up against Bill Belichick he's he's calling plays against maybe the best defensive mastermind that this game has ever had so he's going to be up against trying to figure out what new england who's got a good defense and quite frankly i'm not sure that we gave credit going into the game for how good new england's defense is because when you are previewing week one you have nothing you're really talking more about your team's 53 and how they kind of match you're not talking about what components of that defense brings because you haven't seen it. And I think now when if you were playing New England in week three, after two weeks, you might say, well, you know, they got the rookie Gonzalez and he's a physical corner and white in the middle and Judon's a handful and they really cover and they show different things. You might have a better. So I think Brian Johnson went into that game and that was why I said I thought he'll be interesting <clears throat> not knowing what his team was going to get thrown at him. And we know, like, we, we we tend to say Belichick wants to take out somebody. Well, which was the guy he picked? Was it Goddard? I, I was told that, you know, they had Goddard doubled a lot in the game. So maybe they said, you're not throwing the ball to Goddard today. Beat us. No, else. He
3: was open a couple times. He That's was open, wrong. yes.
7: Um, um, But I also was disappointed, Jody, I thought the offensive line in both the run game and the pass game was not as crisp. You know, Gainwell had, what, 14 carries for 54 yards. Does that suggest that he's the problem or do the offensive line not have... You know, they didn't
3: we, play well either. Right. Lane we go in the
7: game saying game. Yeah. that offensive line is always the check mark and always the difference maker is that at any point, and you're up 16 nothing, this team is built to say, offensive line, take us to the finish line. And they weren't able to do that. And yeah. read that into Sirianni's
2: stance, and I don't think enough people have either considered this or added it in, when he said, we – may need to rethink our preparation and how we handle the preseason in playing the starters. Everyone immediately goes to Jalen. It's all about Jalen. It's the quarterback. It's the quarterback. It's the quarterback never took a snap, never played. Well, oh, Jalen's going to play. Well, you're not going to put Jalen out there with the backups. So it's going to be Jalen with the starting offensive line. A whole bunch of those guys on the offensive line didn't play a snap in the preseason either. We just think of the quarterback. How much did Smitty and A.J. Brown play in the preseason? Didn't. It's not just the quarterback. It's the entire off-starting offense that basically got John's favorite word, and I love that he uses it, deference. Oh, you get deference. That means you don't have to play. You're a star. That means you're treated different than everybody else. Well, maybe they're going to change that next year. And if Nick does, more power to him. Because here's one thing that John and I always agree on. Given the chance, Nick would practice more than the Eagles do. We don't know that Nick will never admit to that never look John I all and coaches I, would on or off uh, the record yeah. go yeah oh I would yeah. absolutely practice more but he believes that I believe it I think I, I, I a
7: thousand I I think all coaches would I a thousand percent agree with that that came from the players Association that they wanted yeah. to practice less
3: um at Mike Gill's show make sure you follow Mike on X Twitter whatever you want to call it uh the sports bash 973 south jersey uh two to six drive time every day i'll be on later today at three o'clock i believe um, um last one for me you mentioned an interesting point to me because you know maybe we'll look at this win two months down the road and say well is pretty good that's a that's a better win than it looks right off the bat um but I got to tell you, Mike, I just came off a season where I covered this team every day going to the Super Bowl, and they didn't beat anybody according to their own fan base. Is there any good wins in this league? Because everybody, when is there a good win? This, this is the NFL. I mentioned yeah. it. Everybody's got good players. There are, I go back, there are no style points. This isn't about in, impressing some committee somewhere that's going to jump you over TCU or Baylor on a specific year you got wins and losses You have clearly defined tiebreakers you get the hell out of these games with wins yeah that's the accomplishment
7: i have no issue with an ugly win if i win three nothing every week and i'm 17 and zero, and i make it to the playoffs three nothing every week i got no issue with that um so yes last year I remember having the conversation all year. The Eagles haven't beat anybody. They haven't beat anybody. This is generally from the local Dallas fans who have misguided themselves and located themselves in our area. But, <laughs> you know, the, this whole notion that they didn't beat anybody. I said there was nobody to beat. There was no teams last year. There's no elite teams in the NFL that if you had beaten that team, you would have gotten more credit. Like, oh, okay, I'm impressed by that. This year might be a.
1: it'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com.
8: Products not
2: available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, SI, and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.
7: A little different. Um, The Jets took a little bit of a hit, but their defense is still out. A little
3: bit of a hit. Now the Eagles should beat the Jets. Now the Jets. Their defense defense
7: is is still outstanding. Their defense is a
3: Super Bowl
7: level defense with a quarterback who is completely
3: yeah i mean i don't even know the
7: word to use for wilson because i don't know if it's fair to judge him now um we don't know but so far in his career he has been so inept that they their defense is so good and he's still so bad that he can't even get them to the playoffs with that defense that's how bad he is
2: a quick funny aside last night i actually had a caller on wip tell me and wilson made that great pass to wilson in the end zone it was a terrible pass he threw it off the wrong shoulder wilson had to tap it to himself just to be able to make an unbelievably athletic solo grab but someone oh he made a great no he didn't
3: that's yeah a box. Oh, that's, a a box I, that's a box score
6: i don't care player.
2: what he looks like in practice with his arm talent he has been awful awful
6: awful
7: now that said maybe he learned from being in in camp and not having to be the guy and getting no attention and just got a chance to slow that's everything the
2: show us that on monday mikey show it to you did, no. did you see improvement? No, in no, I'm just saying. Learning under the, the the genius that is Aaron Rodgers, has any of it by osmosis been passed to Zach Wilson? Because I didn't see it in three quarters, three no. plus quarters the other night.
7: But um, the Eagles have teams on their schedule this year that if they beat those teams, I think people will say, "Okay, I'm like I like the Dolphins. I think that with with Tua, when Tua plays, that team is legit Super Bowl contender. They're very good." I'm not big on the Bills this year. I think their window is is kind of closing, but I still think they're a playoff team. Um, you've got uh, Kansas City, obviously, San Francisco. So there are teams. Um, the AFC is interesting. I mean, the, the Bengals, Ravens, and I think that Browns team is 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 better. I don't, the Eagles don't play those teams, but you know there are more teams this year that I think entering the season have a little bit of a higher profile. Um, so I think there are more higher end teams, maybe last year was a lot of me, but I think by the midway through the season, we're going to be talking about, there's a lot of, there's a handful of good teams and a lot of mediocre teams. The league is built for everybody to be nine and eight, 10 and seven. And that those, there's a handful of teams to get to 12. And that's what the league has become.
2: And if the Eagles aren't one of those handful of teams that get to 12, there's going to be a lot of disappointed people
7: here. I agree.
2: Uh, we ha- Last thing we got before we let you go, show us the T-shirt. What are you rocking today? Well, dude? I'm rocking
7: the uh, – this is from uh, my buddy's bar down the shore that people will know, Robert's Place, the Polar Bear Plunge. Nice. Uh, which happens every year. You jump in the ocean on New Year's Day. I went with a long sleeve today because it's a little chilly inside my house. It's really? a little dreary got outside. Got
2: the AC cranked, huh? It is. Well, strong, it's
7: a little. Sure. It's a little. Uh, yeah. You know. Um It is
3: true. Did you I, take the polar bear plant? I went. That's I said, hey, "I am a little cold today,
7: so I, I had to go find a long sleeve." And I don't have a collegiate. Lo- I'm not a big long sleeve wearer. You know, the bigger guys, we like the arms out there so we can move yeah. around, but um this was the my, everybody like walking here has been take, down the shore to Robert's place and had a wing man
3: did you take the plunge that's what i want to know i've or been to the beach the i will shirt.
7: not jump in the water on yeah. uh new yeah. year's that's day got a
3: shirt without taking the plunge that's,
2: that's what that's i just, that's well big. i'll tell you
7: jody it has gotten so big they close atlantic avenue off on both sides you can't drive between essex and douglas because it's one big party on New Year's Day out there.
2: Good, good, uh, good on him. But that would just piss me you... off
3: because I'd be going somewhere and I'd be.
7: Yeah. And at that people. time of the year, if you're down the shore, yeah. Atlantic Avenue and Margie, all the traffic lights are blinking. They have no red lights anymore because there's not enough traffic, you know? So people just drive right through. But you get there, you got to go around.
2: All right, yeah, you, you, yeah, it's a nice shirt. Thanks for wearing it. You shouldn't have it because if you don't go any, yeah, ocean you got to take the plunge, the
3: man. That's yeah, no uh... plunge,
2: no shirt. Yeah, you you That's must right. know you must know somebody. You got Paul Gill. We'll give you that much. All right, Mike. We'll talk to you again next week. Thanks, bud. Bye. All right, guys, enjoyed it. Mike See Gill you. from the Sports Bash, ninety-seven point three ESPN Radio down the shore. All right, Johnny Mac, Dody Mac coming back. Uh, Mosh in less than twenty minutes. Jeff Mosher from InsideTheBirds.com going to join us. More of McMullen and McDonald next here on Bird Street 65. would be John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. That makes this Mac a Mac here on Birds 365. All right, uh, J-Mac, uh, Jeff Mosher. And if he spelled Jeff like the way most people spell Jeff, it would be J-M and J-M and J-M. But GM, Jeff Mosher, is going to join us coming up in uh, less than 15 minutes. Um, Want to get this in with you, and then maybe I'll run it by Mosher when he joins us, too. Um, do you and I agree that Howie Roseman likes to win trades.
3: Oh yeah. Uh yeah. He he uh I think it was Mickey Loomis who he's beaten like a drum a few times uh said uh you know hold your back pockets when Howie's around he's got okay. uh, so so we're in
2: agreement on that one. Um so here's my question to you what would the New York Jets have to offer the Philadelphia Eagles for it's them to say yes to trade Marcus Mariota today?
3: First of all, it's a Jets fan. I don't know why you would want that. But, um, yeah, he would try to take advantage of their desperation. Um, and I think he'd try to get a third-round pick out of them. Um, and I think Joe, Joe, luckily Joe knows how he – pretty well um obviously uh i don't maybe so he here's didn't... the
2: here the, let me pr- print uh play out the scenario you're howie roseman i'm joe douglas yeah i know. might try to get it <laughs> How, howie i know that you were watching the other night this guy got
3: the 14th pick for uh
2: kind of got screwed i'll give you a fourth round pick for marcus Mariota. Howie, nah, I don't think, you he'd know, do that. you know, you know, Marcus didn't look good in preseason. We just think he'd be a fit with our offense. Uh, I, I'm loathe to give up more than a fifth round pick, but I know the desperation is all over my face. So I'll go to a fourth round pick for Marcus Mariota. What do you say, Howie? No, I don't think
3: he'd do that because you're not. A, so they, now if
2: that gets out that Howie Roseman turned down a fourth round pick for Marcus Mariota. You don't think Cowie would worry about the uh, analysis of what are you talking about? Marcus Mariota stinks. He's t- you had a chance to get a fourth round pick for Marcus Mariota and you said no.
3: Um, Yeah. I, I You need a backup quarterback and Tanner McKee's not ready. Now I think a lot of people saw the preseason think he is, but the Eagles don't. Um, and they need a backup quarterback. It's an important position. They value it more than most. Hopefully you don't see him play ever. Uh, history says he's going to play a game or two, uh, recent history. Yeah. I, I, I don't think they would do that, uh, because they value the position too much and they don't have another option, um, at this stage of the calendar. Um, but from the Jets' perspective, I don't know why they would want to do it. No, I, I, so.
2: Do I think this could happen? No, as a Jet fan, do I want Marcus Mariota right now? No. Yeah. But I just think it's interesting to see what the Jet desperation will be going around the entire league. Because they're, they're analyzing every roster of every team and every street-free agent and every possibility. The whole coach that we believe 100% in Zach – is such BS. You, you you know he's got to do it. Yeah. Salah, we, we give Sirianni a hard time everyone, everyone once in a while here in Pandora in Chief. Um, I watched every minute of uh, Hard Knocks. I like Salah. I think he's a motivator. I think he's got a great relationship with the players. I think he's got a good relationship with his staff. I think he never says anything negative about anybody and the only time he ever says anything negative in the jet room is massive the team we he doesn't point to any individual he never calls anybody out he doesn't do, didn't do it on hard knocks and he doesn't do it with any quotes i got to believe behind closed doors he's going where well, how how the hell did we take this kid with the second pick in the draft he can't complete passes he's got no touch whatsoever i don't think he can read a play uh, but he never says anything but glowing things about uh, Zach Wilson.
3: Well that's most young coaches and uh, it's probably a good thing you shouldn't because hey right now he needs him to play so you know it would be counter you know counterproductive to say hey he stinks and then send him out there to try to win a football game um so i get that part of it um you you, yeah. you
2: got john you're right you got to read the player and with what, and I never even talked to the kid. I've never been next to the kid. I'm just judging him from afar. But he seems like a kid you got to treat with kid gloves, that tough love might not work for him. Now, the Eagles, on the other hand, have Jalen Hurts, who I think likes being coached hard. He I does. He likes being called on the carpet and go, Jalen, what the hell were you thinking on that play? You wouldn't say that to a Zach Wilson. I get it. There are different players that you have to handle differently. Are you telling me there's not one Jet player? Who can be coached hard? Who he can go? Well, suck it up, get it done. What kind of an effort was that? that no, are? I
3: I think there's a big difference between coaching hard. Knowing Salah as little as I do, but I got to meet him last year. I mean, he coaches players hard. Um, he's kind of a hard ass mm-hmm. on the field. So is Nick. That's where you never say Nick say anything bad about Jalen Hurts in front of a microphone. Uh, You'll see him yelling at him at practice. You'll see him yelling at him on the sidelines. But once he hits that microphone, if anybody can point to him criticizing it, let me know because I don't recall it. Um, That, to me, is a big difference. Uh, I'm sure there's plenty of players on the Jets that can handle tough coaching, and they better because he's kind of a hard ass uh, on the field. But when that microphone pops up, it does no good to criticize players because you might need them and my the biggest problem with zach wilson to me from the outside looking in and i don't get to see him he's got no stinking confidence and confidence is a big deal for athletes um and when you're not playing with confidence you can look really really bad and if you start to get it back uh you could start to look better now i've seen no evidence that he's going to be a good nfl quarterback so it's hard to it's hard for the Jets. Um, by the way, this didn't happen. I do have to mention this, but uh, it happened when we were talking to Mike Gill. Uh, it's finally over. Jeff Kirk and Rusty Easy out in Chester County. They caught. Uh, no, they got Dana- the guy. Yeah. They caught uh, Danilo Conte, I guess is how you pronounce it. Uh, but the more interesting part for Birds 365, he was captured. Wearing an Eagles sweatshirt, really? Yes, there you have it. Go birds. Now,
2: it, was it was it Kelly <laughs> Green? No, it looks it midnight green, or was it looks
3: gray, gray, grayish. Probably, Probably grayish stole Eagles it.
2: Jersey? So. All right, well, I'm sure that that you won't catch that one on Eagles
3: media. Go they birds. No, they, they might go birds. It.
2: They, they. No, I'm thinking they stay away from that, like a sort. Uh, no, 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 no. You don't. You don't need to be advertising that guy as a big time birds fan. That uh, thanks for breaking in with that. I didn't didn't know that. Yes, good to know. Jeff Kirk and leave his house. Again. Yeah. <laughs> good, good. I I had a call the other night from Pottstown on Monday night on WIP. I said, Do you have all the doors locked and the windows barred? He said, Yeah, I'm staying in place. That's why I'm calling you, Jody. So I'm uh, glad that they finally caught the guy. Uh, but, yeah, you're going to need to go somewhere else to get all the information on that. That's not what we're doing here on Birds 365. All right. Back to the Vikings. Uh, less than 48 hours before the game. Less than 48, 40 hours now before the game kicks off. Opener, a Thursday night game. Neither you nor I like Thursday nights. Some people do. Uh, maybe it's good for tailgate. You take Thursday off from work. Good on you if you can be able to do something like that. Uh, Kirk Cousins and the high-flying Eagle offense come into town, which means Justin Jefferson. Did I ask you this yesterday? or was something I talked about on WIP. I apologize for not remembering. Last year, how many plays did Slay, Solo, one-on-one, cover Justin Jefferson? And was it always on the same side that he plays? Because the Eagles usually played sides. They usually play a lot of zone, as a matter of fact. Uh, but they usually don't travel a cornerback. And I know he traveled some. Do you remember either doing the math or looking it up? or uh, if you? I did do the up? math
3: at the time. I don't remember. I'll try to look it up. But he did travel, and it was the rare time they did do it. Um, and it was successful. He never goes in the slot, though. So um, to my knowledge, I don't think he's ever gone in the slot. Uh, I shouldn't say never. because There might be a couple times a year, but... Um, it, it was not full blown travel, like wherever he went. Um, but he did flip from side to side. And that, by the way, is going to be more difficult this year because, um, at least we think because Josh, James Bradbury right? and, and, and Josh Joe, Jim Schwartz used to talk about this all the time is, you know, people talk about traveling corners. You, you, you kind of don't think about how it affects other people. Um, and if you, you might have a guy who can travel, but the other guy might not be comfortable mm-hmm. um, to, to to do something else. And the safeties might not be comfortable with it. A lot of moving parts. Um, but they were successful with it last year. Uh, but Slay admitted, man, and that's part of it too. They got a crew on that night that let him play. And he, he got to be very, very physical. Same thing might happen. Same thing might not happen. And all of a sudden... Interceptions turned into PIs and, you know, then then you got a different game. But, uh, yeah, a lot of things go into that. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm more focused if I'm an Eagles fan on that defensive front. Jalen Carter, Fletcher Cox, Milton Williams, Jordan Davis. Those guys should dominate. I think they will dominate. And if they dominate, Kirk Cousins is not going to have time. He's going to speed up. He's going to throw the football early. He's going to throw the football when he's uncomfortable. That's where you get the turnovers. Um, That's, I think, going to be the game plan.
2: Here's where I would have a concern uh, if I'm showing the side. If that's the case and the Eagles are going to try and do what they did last year, which is roll to his side no matter what side he's on, at least a high percentage, not all, but a high percentage, Justin Jefferson's going into the slot. Uh, he, I remember this, John, and I think it was Saratello who we had on here. And he was speaking for both himself and what he thought NFL teams thought. The reason why Jefferson slipped down in the draft was because people thought of him as a slot receiver.
3: Yeah. A lot he of people played got that a bunch
2: wrong. of slot at LSU. So therefore, oh, if he played at LSU, that means he can't play outside in the NFL. Eh, wrong. And I watched him play outside at, at LSU. He made plays before, and he, the year before he played more outside. They chose to use him in the slot more in his uh, final season, which, oh, by the way, he was basically unstoppable out of the slot. I think they're going to run him in I think they're going to run Jefferson out of the slot a lot, knowing full well, that cousins is not going seven step drop all that often. So you're going to go quick hitters anyway. And the guy you throw to most often when you're going quick hitters is the guy in the slot. And when you've got the best receiver in the <laughs> national football league playing there, why wouldn't you do something like that? That scares me a little
3: coming into this game on Thursday night. Well, I mean, if you're going to look at just the matchup, they have three good receivers. Um, four if you count the tight end so i get when people look at the skill position players and go oh that's that's a tough matchup Uh, because i think you're going to see jordan addison as a rookie who is really good reminds me of uh davante and the fact that he's such an advanced route runner for a rookie player very rarely to Young players come into the league as great route runners. He's like Devonte in that essence. He's a great route runner already. day one, great route runner. So was Jefferson. Um, and that's rare. It's more about athleticism and things like that. Um, so they have really good KJ Osborne's the third receiver. Um, you know, it's kind of what you want Quez Watkins to be um, productive when he gets his opportunities. And, and TJ Hawkins, it's a really good tight end. Um, but it, it, if you don't have time to throw the ball, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They haven't built the foundation. That's where the Eagles get it right. The Eagles have the foundation. And then it took them a while, obviously, to get the receivers. And 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 Dallas, the tight end. Uh, but when they got it, everything took off. Um, they don't have the foundation so that's what you have to impact because yeah, if cousins have, has time to throw Jefferson's going to be open. Addison's going to be open. Hawkinson's going to be open. Osborne's going to be open. You got to affect what they do poorly. And that's interior pass block. And the two big uh, young dogs better
2: come to play the same way they did in New England. Get that immediate pressure up the middle to get the ball out of cousin's hands in, uh, less than three seconds. Uh, that That's what it could very well be the key to the game. All right. McMona McDonald here with you on Birds 365. We got another Big M joining us. Jeff Mosher from InsideTheBirds.com. I haven't had Mosher in a good couple of weeks. Looking forward to talking to him next on Birds 365.
1: E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles.
2: Mac guys here with you on Birds 365. We're lucky enough to get Jeff Mosher to join us for a uh, nice segment here on Birds 365. All right, Jeff, this is one of the most uh, favorite things I do in hosting a show like this. I get to make you something that you're not and or ask you to be something that you're not. First things first, I got to double check. Uh, you didn't cash that $25,000 check for information leading to the capture of. Uh,
3: the, the Danilo time. Calvacante.
2: That's I did not. It. I did not. Damn it. All right. I thought maybe. Jeff's I could... in South
3: Jersey. He could leave his house. We yeah, he, I was He's with right. me. We <laughs> could leave. We... Are you a South Jersey
2: guy? Why did yeah. I think you were a pansy guy?
8: I've actually never lived in Pennsylvania. Well, when I was a Penn State student, I lived in Pennsylvania, but that's about it. Okay, your South Jersey guy.
2: My bad. All right. Uh, here's the position I want to give you. Professor Mosher. Okay. I need you to give out grades. <laughs> uh, a plus to F. Week one, Philadelphia Eagle defense.
8: Wait, you're only asking I can only give an A plus or an F? Or... Oh, no,
2: anywhere in between. Oh, oh, oh. An a an F. <laughs> add a plus, add a minus if you feel the need. Yeah, I'll,
8: I'll give him a. I'll give him minus. A, a, uh,
2: B minus, B-, fair enough. Philadelphia Eagle offense. I'll give it a C plus. C plus, okay, so that's oh. actually pretty close. Um, and that,
8: I mean, team. offensive points, right. Cause they scored a defensive touchdown and then they got one real deep in the, uh, yeah. So C plus, and I'm probably being a little nice there. Yeah. yeah. So the special you're you're a,
3: you're a good grader. I want you. I, I had a C minus on offense. Yeah. That's fair. You know, I can, I can yeah. might read if you gave me like 10 more seconds, I might've been yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the
2: special teams move the needle either way. If you're going to combine the offensive defense, come with a middle grade, the special teams, was that uh, enough for you to say, oh, I got to move the overall grade some because either they were OK, the field goal kicker makes every single kick he takes, except yeah. that first PAT. Uh, but the punt team playoffs and uh, penalties and not knowing what to do, does uh, the special teams move the needle for you week
8: one? Well, it's sort of like how we divide a football game into offense and defense. You almost have to divide Eagles special teams into, you know, kicking and punting and then kickoff and punt coverage, right? So obviously Jake Elliott, he was probably the most important or second most important person in the game. Yeah, man. So, He's my so game he, ball, he Jake Elliott, punt, baby. Right? The yeah. rest, the, the punter actually did all right as far as punting. Um, coverage again, punt coverage not great. Kickoff coverage better. You saw both Josh Job and uh, Sidney Brown make some nice hits. Or was that punt coverage actually?
3: That was punt, yeah. Yeah, punt, yeah, my punt.
8: Bad. coverage better, yeah. So, I don't know Do you want a separate Yeah, grade? they
3: gave up the they gave up a 21-yarder to Marcus Jones, but that's an all-pro return. Yeah, an and then uh Josh Job and and Sydney both had great plays as Gunners, so. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe I, I would say more yeah.
8: positive than negative from special yeah. teams for for the Eagles, which is, you know, for them that's surprise. a surprise. Yeah. It's yeah. a positive in general, yes. Yeah. Yeah, they
3: were. I agree with that. They were better on special teams cuz it looked bad coming into the season cuz they lost all their good players on special teams, but a lot of people brought up rightfully. So they weren't good on special teams. So maybe you try some different things and at least for one week, um, it worked a little bit with Sydney's athleticism and we'll see if it continues that way. But um, offensively it was disjointed. And I, I think the word Brian used yesterday was sloppy Um, part of it, weather early in the game certainly, but boy, I I didn't think Jalen Hurts was processing like he did last season, Jeff. Why do you think
8: that was? Um, That's a great question. I did go back and watch the All-22, and I felt the same thing. I I do feel like there were plays to be made, uh, especially in the second half when the Patriots went more to a soft zone coverage, right, and just trying to keep things in front. First half, I think that you can say the offense was – a little bit thrown off balance just by Bill Belichick being Bill Belichick and having, you know, a lot of months to prepare and probably showing them what they call the unscouted looks. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, I do feel like for whatever reason, this team likes to force feed the ball to Kenneth Gainwell, and we'll see if that continues going forward. Um, But I, I thought in the second half, there were plays to be made. There were some times where the Patriots showed you cover two, but wound up, switching into a cover three, which leaves the seams open a lot. And you had Dallas Goddard open, occasionally Quez Watkins open. Uh, There were times that Jalen Hurts left the pocket instead of climbed it, which is something he did really well last year as far as climbing the pocket, not Mm -hmm. leaving the pocket. I think Maialata and Lane Johnson were uncharacteristically – Great games. They didn't give up a ton of pressures, but they got pushed back and made the pocket pinch – Around Jalen Hurts, and by the way, the New England front doesn't get nearly as enough credit. They're 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 pretty good. You know, guys like ninety one. um, uh, Now I can forget his name. I'm saying how good he is. Dietrich is it? Uh, um, Dietrich. Um,
3: well, I have you down to Newsham as the yeah edge yeah D- yes on Dietrich the edge inside it. yeah
8: right. But even their their middle guys yeah. Dietrich inside Barmore. I mean, they, they can really they get rough and they play physical. Uh, And I think they did a good job of that in in the game and and made the Eagles uncomfortable on offense. All right,
2: Jeff, I do this every single week. And you want to think of everything while you're watching the game. But you can't. There's just too much going on and uh, down in distance and what the coach is thinking and challenges, and timeouts and everything else. So when the game's over, you got to go back and you look at the snap counts. And you analyze that as well. Mm -hmm. And the one that kind of jumped out at me, I didn't realize it was as small a number as it turned out to be, was Nolan Smith because John tells me all the time that the Eagles make decisions on their practice, that their practice is actually really important to the way they analyze their team. That Kenny Gainwell was the number one back week, number one, because far and away he was the best Eagle practicer this summer. Okay. So they put a lot of emphasis on practice. I think maybe a little too much, but if that's the way they're going to do it, they're going to do it. Nobody got more glowing reports from practice than Nolan Smith. He was like the eye-opening player of all of Eagle practices from the time they started this summer straight up until game number one. Seven snaps, that's it. And uh, they give that many more snaps to other guys on the edge. What happened to Nolan Smith, the second coming of Hassan Redick?
8: Well, I mean, I think there's a couple of things, Jody. First of all, he's a rookie, right? Um, secondly, he did, he, he, you know, he, he suffered an injury. Yeah. Uh, the last two weeks of practice. So yeah. I think there's a difference between being a great practice player who hustles and tries hard and does all the things you want to do <laughs> and a practice player who dominates other people. Um, I, I think Nolan Jalen Smith,
3: Carter, by the way.
8: Yeah. Jalen Carter dominated people. Right. And no. didn't have any injuries. And he dominated in the game. And Nolan Smith is playing a position where. Uh, You know, like, who are you taking snaps away from? It's not like Derek Barnett played 50 snaps. He played 16. I mean, I suppose he could have played 12 snaps, and you could have gotten Nolan Smith four more and get it made it 12 each. I I don't know if that's going to make a huge difference. I thought the Eagles' pass rush was was pretty good and effective. I think they're also using Nolan Smith on – Do you you really think it was effective coming off the edge? I think it was good up the middle in the two big dogs that they took
2: from Georgia. But – I didn't I, think their pass rush was that great on the edge. On I Sunday. think
8: there were times and I went back in the tape and saw it more than the naked eye watching the game where Reddick um was fast off the edge and made Mac Jones have to step up. Mac Jones they remember they were they were doing a lot of no huddle first and they're a, they're a very in the at least in this game they're a very quick passing team, right? They're not letting the edges get to them. So that's in that case you need your interior defensive tackles to get the front push to make sure the quarterback can't step up too much and i don't think mac jones had too many opportunities to step up he did run a few times because he was getting chased but he did not have a lot of opportunities to be very comfortable in fact the throw for the touchdown that he made to uh what was it Bourne right before halftime yeah was a ridiculously good throw if you was a awesome.
3: great throw not, not only was, it was there great right
8: pressure on him but re-blankenship was there i mean he, yeah he literally the only spot i heard a couple people killing reed for that i'm like that's great coverage there's nothing he could have done that was great coverage great throw great catch great everything i mean he is reed blankenship my god he's not ed reed yeah so i mean yeah yeah one one more thing about
2: nolan smith i promise i'll move off mm -hmm. yeah i'm not buying the whole injury thing if you're worried about him being injured guess what you can't play him on no no no. i was making
8: your point about being at practice and being he would he had missed a significant Part of the last week and a half of practice, so I yeah. I don't think it was that they were concerned for the injury. I think he just I he got am a lot of guys ahead of him on the depth chart who have been practicing for the game.
3: I'm very concerned with that injury because Nolan said himself, Jeff. Mm-hmm. He it, uh, you probably saw the quote. It's my baby. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, I'm like looking concerned. at him. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> um, is that going to be a long term thing? So I'm actually more concerned about the shoulder than. Maybe most people are. Uh,
2: because... So then do you think they cut them down on special teams reps?
8: Well, if you're trying no. to put guy's guy's shoulder, you don't, you, you don't, uh, you don't put him out on special teams, yeah.
3: right? My concern is you have these, you know, people have these shoulders that pop in and pop out all the time and it might show up as a chronic type thing is what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah but when you're healthy, you're healthy and you go. And right now his role mm-hmm. is more on special teams I think it's a luxury. The Eagles have time with Nolan Smith. Um, They have a son They have Josh sweat. They have Brandon Graham. They have Derek Barnett to Jody's (laughs) this, this, they have all these players and they can afford to let him sit and learn Jalen Carter. On the other hand, they got a bunch of defensive tackles, but boy, that guy's different Yeah, That guy is different. And this entire league should wake up every day. And say, how the hell did we let Jalen Carter get the Philadelphia? I I mean, look, anything can go wrong, the off-the-field stuff we know. Yeah. I, I nobody's a hundred percent on that. But he's not, he wasn't Al Capone, he wasn't a, right. a long time, he wasn't Danello Calico He wasn't this this hardened criminal. Right. Um, he he's a young, immature person that got into a mistake. All of a sudden, I hate to bring up this term, but i got to bring it up because he's the best natural interior pass rusher since Aaron Donald. I'm not going to say he's going to go down that route, but this guy's a problem. And, boy, he's a good football player. And I think people are going to see it. And right now, this is a perfect matchup because that Minnesota interior offensive line is abysmal when it comes to pass blocking. I don't know how they I, – I, I fear for Kirk Cousins' safety on Thursday.
8: <laughs> Understandably. Um, yeah, you're right. And the, the, the interesting thing about Jalen Carter is just watching him play, his style of pass rush is so different than an Aaron Donald or even Javon Hargrave. Those guys have just tremendous first-step burst, and they almost get through the gap right before the, the guard can get their hands on him. Jalen Carter is just a great pass rusher because he just moves human beings. You know, Fletcher Cox has that ability, but Jalen Carter seems to have it plus some just, all right, you're in my way. I'm just going to physically slap you out of my way, bull rush you out of my way, push you out of my way. And he gets guys on the ground really fast. So with him, it's not as much as the get off as it is the violence that he plays with. um, That was just way too much for the, for the new England interior offensive line. All right. In game number one, You, me,
2: John, and Dallas Goddard all tied with no catches. (laughs) Uh, Four-way tie between... Did they overreact? Or like three of the first four four scripted plays, Dallas Goddard, the number one option, Mm. because last year it happened with Smith. They got no catch in the first game. Boom, they came right out the second game. Made sure he got his hands on the ball. Mm -hmm. How do you think Brian Johnson handles the fact that He had to handle questions about how the hell do you go an entire game without getting Dallas Goddard the
8: ball? Yeah. And I'm sort of more perplexed by how you went that game without getting Deandre Swift more involved, um, which they've also talked about. I would expect both of those guys to be intentionally written into the game plan. uh, Especially, I don't know if it's the first 15, but uh, Dallas Goddard was such a great screen weapon weapon for them last year. And um, their screen game wasn't so great week one. So, uh, usually you want to take advantage of an aggressive defense and the Vikings last year were not an aggressive defense. They were a two-shell defense at Donashell led and um, now that they are a Brian I got Miller, nightmares
3: on that. Now they yeah. got Brian, but this is the DC that Eagles fans would want.
8: Oh Brian, yeah. He, he's yeah. going to come after him. He's going to yeah. he's, he's going to pressure, he's going to blitz, he's going to do this that and the other and that sometimes does lend itself to some some screen misdirection yeah. type play. So I would yeah. think that I would think <laughs> DeAndre Swift and and Dallas Goddard will factor into the game plan this week.
3: All right, chap. I got to run this by because I'm taking a lot of heat for this. But it, to me, it seems obvious that the uh. Eagles don't spend money at linebacker. They don't spend money at running back. And magically, they're not very good at linebacker. And they're not very good at running back. I really think it's as simple as that. I think people get it at linebacker. Although, you know, there's still hope for N'Kobe Dean when he comes back. I thought he played well, certainly in run defense in yes. week one. Struggled in pass coverage a little bit. But I thought overall it was a nice first effort. Durability has to be a concern even more so now. Um, but running back, I think everybody thinks they have a really good group. And I i don't think they have a really good group. I don't. I, I think it's a weak group if you look at it compared to the rest of the league and you're being honest and you don't have that offensive line and that quarterback probably bottom five group in the NFL am I off base yeah
8: i'm not with you there yet um bottom five i mean the Colts right now without uh, without well they're bottom five yeah but uh, yeah. they're top yeah, five they I don't know because yeah. I, I feel like they, <laughs> I feel like they've got I understand your point in that they don't have a guy that individually should scare you a whole lot because none you know Rashad Penny hasn't stayed healthy DeAndre Swift hasn't stayed healthy but when healthy and in a rotation DeAndre Swift is a guy who has scared defensive coordinators in the past. And Rashad Penny is scared defensive coordinators in the past. I think where I maybe align with you is that they must feel like they see something in Kenneth Gainwell that most of us haven't yet seen. He's a nice player. He's done a good job in short-yarded situations, which is not what they thought he would be coming out of college where he caught a lot of he passes. He's a weird player. You he's not a, a guy pass. that
3: small to be explosive right. and shifty, And right. he's the opposite. Like he's better between the tackles. He's got a knack for running down by the goal line. It's kind of a
8: weird player. It is very weird. And what you said is absolutely true. He's almost become the player that no one expected him to be. And that's a nice story of development. But at the end of the day, he himself is is a guy. He's a running back in a league full of fungible running backs. Um, I don't understand why you kept Rashad Penny on your 53 if you didn't plan on using him. Um,
3: I said the same thing. If you weren't going to dress him, why is he here?
8: Yeah, and I don't understand why you have DeAndre Swift and you're preserving him for a certain role and then don't really put him out there that much in the role. So, you know, do, do I think they have talent? Yes, I think when, you know, a coach's job is to put a player in a position to succeed. I think individually these guys can be put in a position where they can be a good part of this offense. Uh, maybe you're right. Maybe I'm overestimating it based on what they've done in in prior places in shorter stints. But with this offensive line and with this quarterbacks ability to run their strength should be capitalized on and so you know i'm gonna i'm in a holding pattern here i'm not with you totally yet on they're not that good but you know we'll see maybe by five or six weeks i'll, I'll be on that train
2: i know that uh they're two completely different things but oftentimes they bleed into one another if you're in a 15 team fantasy league no eagle running back is being drafted there's not one you, you would think at least one of the lead guys got to be he, Kenny Gainwell, still not being drafted. I don't think even after being proven as RB1 for one week, I don't know that anybody would take him. I know fantasy football is in regulation football, but there are a lot of similarities. All right. Uh, last question for from motion. I know you and John both have to run because Sirianni's coming up with his virtual thing in 10 minutes. If you've given this enough thought. The one thing, Eagles win. Eagles win, Eagles win, 25-20. Take it. Mm-hmm. It's tough to get wins in the NFL, all that stuff. So they want... But not as pleasing to the eye, not as dominant as they were last year. The one thing about the Eagle game that didn't show up well on paper where you go, week one, stop it. I'm not even worried about it. And the one thing that you did take out of week one where you go, yeah, that was not good. They need to improve on that really quickly, like this week against the Vikings. What was the one thing you're going to give them a pass for? What's the one thing that? You do have some legit concern for off their uh, 25-20 less than Stella win over the Pats.
8: Okay. Uh, I suppose I will give them a pass for not being as good on the outsides in protection, Lane Johnson and Jordan Mailata, as we've expected, because history says that they're pretty good. And, again, they were going up against an underrated group week one, did some funny things on defense. So uh, I would expect them to be better going forward. And my, my concern is – sort of what it was going into the year. And that's, I don't understand how you, you keep just three inside cover or off ball linebackers on your fifth, on your active game day roster. you now you lost your, your best one in the Kobe Dean. Um, and, you know, you're the, the concern that you should have is that they've got a lot of new pieces on the back end of their defense, and they're still not sure where these pieces fit, how they work, whether it's a Justin Evans or a Zach Cunningham or, Terrell Edmonds, Sidney Brown. I mean, they, from linebacker to safety, they're just throwing guys in and out on the field. And and I don't think there's a lot of confidence that they're going to be as good as they were as the, the personnel that they had last year that practiced together, had all summer together, didn't have to rotate in and out as much.
2: Watch out for Rashawn. Don't call me Byron Evans. Um, it could be the, the next yeah. coming of Byron Tampa Bay,
3: Yeah, Tampa Bay. Forget. Uh, obviously, it's a short week. At Jeff uh, P. Mosher, you can follow uh, Jeff on X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it, InsideTheBirds.com. Uh Does a tremendous job with Adam Kaplan and our buddy Andrew DeCeck of the champ, by the way. Congratulations to the uh, ITB family, 53-man roster champ. Uh, But I'm coming for him next year. Tell him. Uh, um, As I said, short week, he can't make many changes. So it's going to be Christian Ellis. It's going to be um, uh, Zach Cunningham at linebacker. But then you have the mini buy. So if I had to pin you down, Jeff, and say, who's going to be the linebackers in Tampa,
8: who would you say? I think they're going to be situational, John. I mean, I you know, I think that they're learning that if they're going to continue to play four, two fronts, then Zach and Nickel and Zach Cunningham's on the field. Teams are going to try to, you know, pass on him on first and second down like the Patriots did. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, I Rashawn Evans was a guy who was on the street. So it's not yeah. like I think he's going to come in and make a yeah. world of a difference, just like Zach Cunningham was a guy on the street big name uh, trap though
3: you know 170 yeah. tackles first round pick everybody's excited why is he unemployed on a September contract, yeah. you know yeah. like
8: when the first round pick doesn't get another contract yeah. with, the, with the same team then you yeah. know he didn't live up to it so yeah, exactly yeah. yeah it wouldn't surprise me if you saw Evans in there but I mean I'm not sure that the outcome is going to be that much better
2: we shall see. Got to get through the Vikings first, then we'll get uh, the Bucks next week. We always enjoy getting together with you, Jeff Mosher. Thank you very much. And, oh, by the way, thanks for putting a shirt on. He texted me before the show. I said, did you get the link? He goes, yeah, but I'm not going to wear any clothes. Uh, so <laughs> do appreciate him putting the to shirt on. morning
8: shower. <laughs> for,
2: for his appearance here on Birds 365. Thanks, Mosher. You got it, brother. Jeff Mosher, uh, Inside the Birds. Dot com all right Johnny Mac no you gotta run um do you think siriani gives you it, it, you know here's a here's a prediction we'd love to get uh, on the record what is the most interesting thing that Sirianni's gonna say are you' gonna give you anything is his uh, wardrobe choice gonna be the most interesting thing uh, today? Well, uh, what are you, you gonna know, get
3: I think you're gonna get a uh let's see You had a Fletch shirt on last time I think Maybe we'll get a, I don't think Reed has a shirt yet. <laughs> I think it'll be a player shirt. Um, as far as what he gives us, a lot of platitudes about Brian Flores' defense right before they put up a 40 spot.
2: Let's <laughs> hope for a 40 spot on uh, Thursday night. I right, J-Mac, uh, appreciate it. You and I again tomorrow, right? Uh, yeah, uh, game day, game day. And game day mañana, uh, we're going to get, uh, I know we're going to have.
3: Uh, yeah, I got to try to get Kratz. For, Kratz, uh, game
2: day Kratz. Yeah. You got to uh, work. We got uh,
3: Ben Lieber, former uh, Vikings linebacker. So that'll be, uh, that'll be uh, a good guess to get some intel. I got to tone down my dislike of the Vikings for yeah, We we'll, we'll got some Minnesota perspective tomorrow. Uh,
2: John and I will be back again tomorrow. I'm coming back. You know what I got to do? Somebody's got to do it. We got to put a bow on the show. Thank you.
1: E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles.
2: Johnny Mac back to wrap up this session of Birds 365. Johnny Mac had to get in uh, and hop on uh, the media availability for Coach Nick Sirianni. Uh, I think he's dead on right. I don't think Sirianni is going to give you much of anything, uh, tip his hand. He plays his cards very close to the vest and thinks there's a competitive advantage to it. I I can't say he's wrong. I just think he overemphasizes it. So I don't think you're going to get anything from Sirianni. Here's the thing that you need to find out before you come back here to Birds 365 tomorrow. Uh, The most important Eagle news between now and um, tomorrow morning, day of game against the Vikings. The media will not be allowed in today's practice because it isn't a practice. It's only a walkthrough and there's no media. Uh, when there's a walkthrough. So you have to take the Eagles at their word when they release their information on injuries as to who did or didn't participate. Estimates, um, not hard and fast rules. The Eagles have two guys who haven't practiced yet this week. And when I say practice, yeah, walkthroughs, not massive practices, but uh, practice. Kenny Gainwell, who last week was RB1, to the surprise of most of us, a little bit more of a dominant touch-the-ball guy than we thought we were going to get from the Eagle running backs. And he was okay. He wasn't great. He wasn't bad. He was okay for week one for me. That's just my evaluation of Kenny Gainwell's performance in game one. Uh, If Gainwell can't go... We expect Penny to be active and Swift to become the number one guy. And I may be wrong about that. Shoot, I didn't see Gainwell coming out with the dominant number of touches in week one. So why would you listen to me on how they're going to incorporate their backs? But my guess would be if no Gainwell, then yeah, Swift becomes the main running back. Boston guy gets catches, Boston Scott touches, and they actually uh, get Rashad Penny active. But I don't know how much he'll be uh, actually toting the football. No, scariest of all is Reed Blankenship, who has not uh, taken part in either two walkthroughs so far. And he's come a long way in a very short period of time. He is the Eagles' safety. He is the unquestioned guy. He is the number one on the field every play of the game guy, you take him out and that's a loss. I know we're talking about an undrafted free agent who filled in capably last year for CJ GJ and has become the main cog. And Oh, by the way, I think probably if he's a go, will be the green dot guy. I think they'll give him the dot in replace of N'Kobe Dean for uh, the guy calling the, the plays on the field. If he's out, that's a pretty damn big loss. So we'll, we, we should get an added piece of information to the puzzle today. And then again, he might not practice and play tomorrow. You never know with these things, but you do like to have the information. I, I hope that both. At least limited participation is what we get out of Kenny Gainwell and Reed Blankenship today. We will find out what that is during the afternoon. Then we'll be here to talk about it tomorrow. Yes, we'll get a uh, perspective on the Minnesota Vikings leading into the game, and also give you an eagle guest. We need you right back here uh, on Birds Three Sixty Five tomorrow. Do us a favor. Do yourself a favor. Hit the like button on the way out. We appreciate you streaming in on Birds Three Sixty Five. Mac and Mac will be back tomorrow in two and 2
1: You've been listening to Birds 365 <laughs>